Previously on Analysis Complete. You feel this uncomfortable draining of liquid out of your lungs. Where are the other people here on the sh- in this pod room? Only Melanie and, and George woke up. The other ones are empty. Can I process what's happening right now? Are we back on the ship trying to leave the planet? You can see the planet Wolfram 16 coming closer, and your ship is maybe minutes away from crashing into this planet. Okay, everybody hang on to something. What, what, what the fuck just happened? I am uh, not quite sure. You want flight logs? I do want flight logs. It's been from the time you landed on Wolfram 16 to the time that you took off, which was only an hour ago. It has been 267 days. at the terminal and he has just seen that they landed on November 12th and it is now Earth time August 6th. Standing behind him in this, behind this terminal is Dr. Freya Locke Brooke Dr. George Asper and another crew member named Devantes who all were wounded in the spaceship crash that was almost fatal but the ship is still operating and uh, thanks to some uh, piloting by Castor and they are working on checking out Devontez's wounds she was roughed up pretty bad in, uh, in the sudden landing Castor 267 days. This was maybe the first item on your list of things that you wanted to go over when you started looking at this computer and this kind of stops you stops you cold for a moment. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, how is this possible? I trust the data, but how did this happen? Why did it happen? Hmm. I'll turn around and face the people behind me. I am afraid that the memory I had of being on this planet for a couple days has been confirmed, but it's actually much worse than that. According to the flight logs, we have been on this planet for 267 days. On the planet? I believe the reason that the cargo bay is empty is we actually have lived here for a time. <laughs> oh. Oh. I didn't know that androids could be so funny. Wait, wait, wait. I I jump in to the terminal to like look at whatever he's looking at. Dr. Freya Locke, you start looking at the terminal and you can see the logs where on November 
you all landed, sent out a signal saying, we're here. And then about an hour ago, you all lifted. What? The current date is August 6th. I believe that's 269 days since the last date we can recollect. Doc, is, is, is everything looking correct to what the android is saying? Is it really there on the... Uh... I start typing away. I'm like, yes, yes. It says that it's August 6th, 2119. Um, I want to see if there's any files of, like, of data information that was collected. Okay. You start typing away. <laughs> you start typing away. I'll do the sound effects, please. Yeah, okay. If you don't mind. Yeah, you start checking it out. And yeah, there was there was a period where they made it onto the planet. The haven was built. You can see that there were some problems with sending signals out because it seems like there's some interference on the planet. But yeah. Do I know of any reason, particularly with the stasis smell? Have 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 I heard of any sort of amnesia of this? magnitude before coming out of stasis irregularly or anything like that. So coming out of stasis, you do know that there are instances where uh, people there is strange behavior. There have been stories of peculiar behavior. Uh, it's usually not the entire ship, right? It's usually mm-hmm. an individual. Th- these cases are rare. But what level of psychosis, what level of delusional mental states is is there's not been enough confirmed studies of it so it could be possible that you're you've you people have foggy brains 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 you know like they get a little confused sometimes but caster doesn't is an android he doesn't He doesn't have to be in the stasis pod. He doesn't have to deal with the stasis milk. And he says 267, and he's pointing it out to you, and you're you're seeing it. You're seeing not only 267, but you're also seeing data logs of what they were doing, except it stops fairly short. The last date is the 11. So they went 11 days on the planet and that's the last entry. Oh, so there hasn't been an entry in over 200 and like 50 days. Yeah. Okay. And that and the only reason there's an entry is because the the system computer logs in when it's lifting off. Right? So that's just an automatic filing that you guys are exiting the planet. All right, Mr. Vontes, uh can I call you Melanie? Mel? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you get on the medical bed and we're going to um, just take a look at you. You're pretty badly hurt and, and maybe that'll answer some of those questions. Caster, can you um, see what else you can find out? Hey, hey. Yeah. Is he telling the truth? I don't know, actually, if we weren't, if we were on the planet for 267 days because 11 days in every the data logs stop. So, Caster, if you can look into those data logs to see. Absolutely. I will try and process as many logs as possible. Thank you. But yes, uh, the system date says that it is August 16th and that we landed on November 12th as ex- as we ex- 
expected when we fell asleep at, on November 10th. Gail, I'm, I'm picking up a little bit of stress. Could you make a sanity roll, a sanity save? sanity save? This is where you will roll. What is your sanity score? How sane is Dr. Freylock? She's a little less sane than most doctors. Uh, 45. 45. Okay, that's not bad. Mm-mm. So you need to roll a D100 and try to get under 45. It's a 60. It's a 60. <laughs> also, keep in mind that each of your characters have certain conditions for saves that affect other people. What is yours? The trauma response. Um, Whenever you fail a sanity save, all nearby friendly players gain one stress. Yes. So you just failed sanity. Caster, Rook, Mm. you're all going to add a stress to your sheet. And Gail, you are also going to add a stress. Fuck! (laughs) Yeah. So like in the middle of explaining this to Devantes, you have a slip because you're now replaying it back in your head. Doc, you, you, you okay? No, 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 no. I came to this planet to be the first person to discover a multicellular, an extraterrestrial life form, and I probably, probably did, did that, that, and I have no memory of it, and um, no data on it, and I... And That's nice. No what's going on. We all had much desire to be here. I know. What is most concerning isn't that we don't remember, but why did we all choose to leave? Actually, Jay, when were we supposed to leave? It should have taken three to four months. Oh, gosh. Just to get some data. In return. If it was bad, you guys could have cut out much faster than that. Mm-hmm. But if it was habitable they expected you all to take three to four months to really get as much samples so we're already here longer than we'd ever projected yeah so at best that three to four months four is like what that's a four times 90 to like 120 days yeah 120 days was kind of like the max and we've already been here for over double that yeah 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 yeah. hey uh guessed it um you saying like why would we leave well uh you know, variety of reasons. For all, I, for all I know, you know, Barry, Strawberry Jam Camden might have wanted us to leave, whether we wanted to or not. But also, um, I don't know, relaying this back to before all of this, Cassidy, do you, do you know what a brothel is? You know what that is? I am aware of a brothel, yes. Right, I, I do like me a good brothel from time to time, and Sometimes, you know, what? you get in all of these pleasures. After a certain amount of time, you know, it just kind of like, what's the word there? Um, diminishing returns, right? Maybe there are some booba alien women and men there on that planet, and we kind of got what we wanted. If I'm being honest, I don't think the dog got any. Private Ignacio. Or can I call you Eric? Just Rook. Rook. I would guess, um, considering that the logs keep talking about the fact that we could not send signals off-planet due to some sort of electrical disturbance, that the electrical disturbance may have affected the ship, and maybe we couldn't even take off as soon as we wanted to, and now we could. Uh, Something to consider, Caster, as we try to figure out if this ship works. I'm betting that we actually spent quite a lot of time repairing the ship. Not that I would have been any use in that. 
Doc, y- you're saying a lot of words, mm-hmm. but we're not doing a lot of doing. I mean, we got we got a few people here, but we're missing what three people, including the captain, right now. I feel like we need to find them. Yeah, was, what, yes. What, yes. What, what, we're there. So... We're there. Brawn meets brain. There we go. Cool. Caster? I, allow me to use the bioscan. If I use my bioscan, I can detect any life forms within the ship. Nice. Yeah, do that. I'm going to activate the bioscan. All right. You activate the bioscan. It is a handheld device with a little screen on it, like a little sonar screen. And it's pinging out for anything that has a certain level of electro pulses for the brain. And the only pings back you get are the people that you're standing in the room with. Dr. Freya Locke, Rook, George Asper, and Melanie Devantes. I am afraid that we are the only life forms on this ship. I'm going to go ahead and just scratch the back of my head in sort of frustration. And and as I do that, um, I'm just wondering, how's my hair doing? Is it a little bit longer? Your hair is the same as it was when you started. Mm. Can I detect any signs of aging on any person in the room? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> this is... Uh... Like, time keeps passing for Rook, <laughs> and his hair keeps not growing out. Damn. You know... I'm so frustrated. Anyway, uh, listen, if they're not here on the ship, they're outside of the ship. So what does that mean? We got to go outside of the ship. Am I right, ladies and gents? Is that is that seem... Is there any way I can use the computers to see where the where we landed last time we were here? Yeah, as a matter of fact, you're able to pull up a map. Oh, my God. Oh, I love maps. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Whoa. What you are seeing is a map of the area. Some of the notations don't make a ton of sense to you right now because you weren't the one who made these notations. But the yellow area is where your ship is right now. There's an orange area over here which is where the haven is the rest of this map is kind of self-explanatory of trees mountains there's a body of water there's more mountains to the south of you the general area around you according to what you've already seen of it as you're landing the ship is pretty rocky terrain there are some other items some icons on this map uh, which you don't immediately understand. Am I able to tell who made this map? Yes, this would be a part of Captain Wakefield's logs. Are there any other captain's logs that I can find? Perhaps something more recent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're able to see the captain's logs, and they say that the planet was habitable and that they started building the haven without much problem. You're also able to see that there was a water source and that people went to go investigate the water source. That was um, many miles to the north. And there was an incident. Sergeant Vi was attacked by a swarm of flies. 
and suffered several burns on her face and neck. But this this information confirms that there is life on this planet, complex life forms on this planet. The the X on the map that you saw near the the lake, there's a lake to the north, the X, the coordinates seem to correspond with about where they had this incident. So there's some kind of nest of pretty gnarly flies in that vicinity. As I'm discovering these things, I'm, I'll definitely be like announcing them out loud to everyone. So the good news, I believe, is you did discover multicellular life forms, Dr. Locke. Congratulations. Congrats, Doc. Gold star for you. Flies. As you're saying, as you're saying congratulations, you then see on day nine, which is one of the last logs in the, the files, that two members of the crew went missing. Which members? Martin Sapp, who is one of the military members of the crew, and Cassidy Cass Garland. And what was her role? She was one of the other um, crew members that handled, like, mechanics. She worked. It was Melanie Devantes, Cass Garland, Barry Camden were kind of like the three people who were engineers and mechanics for the ship. Melanie has a focus on sanitation and making sure that people stay safe and insulate if there's any viral outbreaks because you don't know what you're getting into. But they all have some experience with the ship. What's the amount of time from the fly incident with Sergeant Vi and the day nine and day nine? Three days. And so again, the most recent updates to the map and the captain's log seem to be no later than day eleven. Is that is that right. still true? Check out. Well, there's nothing There's nothing recorded. There's nothing recorded, right? Yeah. yeah. Cast, I, I have a question for you in regards to what you're relaying to us. Does the captain have to haul ass back here to the ship in order to write these things? Because I don't know if he's just kind of just sitting pretty on his throne in the haven or if he's coming out with us on these little expeditions here. You know what I mean? Uh, would I know uh, how the logs are recorded? The logs can be uploaded from... There's a computer terminals in the Haven that connect to the ship. Usually the ship is within pretty close proximity of the Haven. So it would be able to link via a kind of Wi-Fi connection. Outside of the ship, it does seem like the only other place he could be uploading data logs and entries would, would be the Haven. And fortunately, we have crash-landed quite close to the Haven if you would like to discover what is there. Right. I, I mean, everyone, let's just be a little bit more, you know, let's not think that we're doomed already because this was, what, 200 days ago? For all I know, the captain hasn't had time to really, you know, do any logs here. For all I know, Cass, uh, Martin, you know, the captain, they're all over there just eating mangoes and papayas over there at the Haven. So. Oh, and we left them. To get some beers to bring it back because we can't grow beers here yet. You know, we're just having a little alien birthday bash. Um, I like your optimism. 
There was never a night or a problem that could not defeat sunrise or hope. I mean, I was being a little sarcastic. I'm so, okay, we, I think we gotta work on your sarcasm uh, detection programming. Okay. Haven first? Is that? Does that seem fine? No. No? People first. Oh, oh, people. But Haven might have what I we need. I don't know if she has a punctured lung or a broken rib or I don't... Or a broken heart. To, and you also need to get checked out. I saw that you got beat up. I'm fine. Just let's check on each other before we go on some long walk outside. Okay. Dr. Locke, if there's any way I can assist you, please let me know. Actually, Kester, can you assess the ship? That was not an easy landing. Yes, I will assess the ship. Would you like me to see if we could take off again? Yes. Uh, I mean, let's not start to take off, but because I agree, let's see if we can get some information from the Haven. Maybe the 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 electrical field messed with the signal even between the Haven, and all the logs are there. So I think we should head that way at some point, but let's make sure that we are fit to trek over there, okay? Hey, Doc, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and actually take this walk around the ship with Casta. I mean, I, I trust that Casta knows the ship inside and out, but uh, I, I kind of know a thing or two about the ship as well. So I just want to make sure that everything is uh, a-okay. Okay. Would you like to hold hands again? No. No. I wouldn't. You need to get better at detecting sarcasm, Agent Rook. Cut Agent Rook. I don't know why I called you Agent Rook. <laughs> Agent Rook. Rook, I like that. Agent Rook. All of that stays. Um, (laughs) I knew there was something faulty with your programming. (laughs) Sorry, does not compute. I'll put some glitchy sounds in there. (laughs) Rook, Rook. (laughs) Doctor Freylock, Caster Rook. Here's here's a couple other here's a couple other details that I need to explain. That map, every one of those hexes for the map, and for our listeners, all of these maps are going to be available on our website. They're available at our Patreon page. I'll put them up everywhere so people can look at these maps uh, when this episode comes out so you can follow along with the maps and see where our players are headed. Each hex covers an amount of space that would take you half a day to get to. So to go from hex to hex is about half a day travel on foot. So that's one. Two. Two, just as a reminder, everybody who's human right now that was in a pod, all you're wearing is an electrical mesh jumper. So you're pretty close to uh, having no protection. You're barefoot. So that's another issue you may want to add to the list of many, many issues that you're all dealing with. Dr. Asper, perhaps you can look around a little bit for clothes. Maybe in our barracks. Yes. I uh, think I will. I'm not feeling well, and I think a a walk would do me well. A little bit of um, ambulatory stimulation. But come right back. I want to check on you, too. Of course. I am going to make my way to the barracks to see if perhaps some of our clothes are here. Would you like to come with Rook and I? No, I think I would like some time to think to myself. And right before he steps out the door, he turns back around and he said, that little scanner of yours, Caster, just us, right? 
There are no other living life forms outside of the people in this room. Okay. Say we meet back here in 10 minutes. Would that be satisfactory with everyone? Perfect. All right. And he walks out the door, leaving the three of you and Melanie. Well, he seems really nice. Yeah. What, what, Doc, what was his, his field of study again? I think it, what does he do? If you if you do in the geology, is that like rocks and earth formations, um, or land formations, minerals? Yeah, just like ro- rocks. Oh, cool. Understanding what's in the dirt and what it's made up of, and why the planet is shaped the way it is, that sort of thing. Yes. Are there vo- volcanoes? Hot. All right, Casta, you ready to go? To go take a little walk. Absolutely. Would you like me to lead the way? Uh, you know, let's just walk side by side, you know. I love that idea. You two exit. Dr. Locke, it's just you and Melanie right now. You have a, a, a few people, fewer people to have to contend with right now, and the person that you were left in the room with is silently staring at the ceiling probably trying to sort out the exact same problem you're sorting out in your head. Gail, could you describe Dr. Locke for us? Uh, yes. Um, she has um, shoulder-length chocolate brown hair, chocolate brown eyes. She usually wears brown tortoiseshell glasses, and her hair is usually in a ponytail right now. She is missing both because, and she is actually, like, as she's turning on the, me- the medical bed scanner and saying, oh, just lay back. She's also desperately, like, checking some of the compartments in the bed bay where she would keep certain little personal items like a ponytail holder and an extra pair of glasses wondering where hers are. Um, and putting putting her hair up and getting it out of her way and getting her glasses on while the the computer kind of does a full like well, MRI kind of scan of Melanie. Um, she's pretty tall, uh, maybe in her early 40s, um, but pretty nondescript, actually. B- blends into the crowd otherwise. Okay. Hey, Doc, what do you think it all means? 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 There's, there's so many things that could be going on and um, amnesia, you know, usually memories do come back. There, there could be something with the electrical field, there could be <laughs> to, to be honest, it almost sounds like if we stayed this long that we maybe crashed the first time and came out of stasis incorrectly then and came out of stasis incorrectly again. Uh, it's a it's, it's uh, more stable than cryogenically freezing, but it's, it's, it's still known to have its outliers of problems. So could be anything but um if there's anything seriously wrong with anyone's brain yeah the scanner should pick it up and if not then it's just light amnesia i'm sure i'm scared of what and she kind of laughs and frowns and turns away and the med scanner finishes its scan and uh, some printer paper starts to reel out the results. Dot matrix style. Yeah, yeah. Start checking out the readouts. It doesn't look like she has any broken bones. It's mostly bruising. And nothing wrong in her head. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. 
It doesn't. It's not a psychologist or a psych. psych no, it doesn't have it psychiatric more like, capabilities. What it's like internal bleeding in the skull and kind of stuff. Like oh, sure. Think, no, yeah. nothing like that. Okay. Nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> she has bipolar disorder. <laughs> no, that that I wasn't looking for. Okay. Good news. Just some bruising, and no, no brain damage or anything like that. That. I can... Sure. Do you need any bandages or anything like that? No, I'm fine. scrapes? Okay. I think I just needed time to rest. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about? No. Not now. Okay. Not now. Would you like to go back to the barracks? Maybe we can meet with Dr. Asper and grab something? She goes to get up, Mm -hmm. and her back seizes up, and you see her start to kind of twitch. And have a muscle spasm. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, lay, lay it back again, lay it back again. And you recall that this is normal for people who come out of stasis. That until you work this stuff out of your system, you're all going to be prone to muscle spasms. Alright, if you remember whenever we woke up the first time, this isn't completely normal, but let me have the bed raise you up just for now, and let me maybe get uh, some ibuprofen in you. We just need to work it out. You have to move around. But While this is happening, <laughs> Caster, Rook, you all are making your way into the engine room, which is not far from where the lab is at. It's just down the hall. I'm assuming that's where you're going, right? Yeah. We're just kind of Going in in a loop. Just yeah, I imagine we'd want to just kind of analyze the engine room, probably the command room, to check that how critical systems are. So coming out, you can either just go straight down the hall to the east into the engine room. Or if you want to, you all came from the hole. So all that's really left is going to the barracks, which you believe is where the doctor is, Dr. George Asper is where he was headed. Or go back to the command room where there is a dead creature in addition to a dead Barry Camden. Cast, if you don't mind, let's just do a little loop-de-loop around, head south, check the airlocks, check that first barracks, visit uh, the little puppy and the strawberry jam, head east, walk our way back north, Cut through the engine room. I head right back, yeah? Absolutely. That'll definitely give us a lot of information as to what might have happened. Let's uh, let's, let's take our time. And uh, as we start walking, I'm going to go ahead and just have my crowbar. Just kind of like use it as a cane. You know, I'm, I'm still feeling a little bit wobbly myself. And uh, cast it. I'm just wondering as, as I look at the crowbar. You know how to, Do you know how to fight? Unfortunately, that is not my specialty. R- right, but like... If something's trying to kill you, you're just gonna just take it, or do you, do you do you got? Can you can you fight back? It doesn't seem like you know much of Asimov's laws, do you, Rook? I was a wild. I don't know. I don't. I don't know nothing about that. Per my programming, I am not allowed to harm human beings in any way, even if they are harming me. I'm, I'm not even talking about human beings. I'm talking about like, you know, like if 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 like a falcon just came from the sky and started tormenting one of us, one of your people. Are you just going to just stand there and just be like, Ah, yes, very good, sir, very good. Absolutely, I am bound by Asimov's laws to protect you in any way, as long as you're 
being harmed by something that is non-human. So he's telling me if like, I don't know, let's just take Barry because he's dead, right? And it's, I mean, God rest his soul, but like Barry was trying to do a little, you know, fisticuffs on me. You, you're just going to just let it happen? We're just going to just slog it out? I would not be able to intervene in such an incident, no. Good to know. So like, uh, hold this. And, and I hand him the crowbar. I mean, it's funny. I feel like every human being, we have, kind of have this instinct to just fight, you know, to defend ourselves or, you know, our loved ones. You, you hold this thing. What is it to you? It is a tool uh, in terms of how I would use it. But I understand the capacity for violence of such a tool. My brother nearly beat me to death once. Brother. You're telling me that you had a bro- like, like a, like, hey, brother! Or was it like a f- blood thing? Oil thing? I don't know. No, my, my brother was human. That is a lot to take in right now that we will have to unpack at a later time. That's when you all step into the airlock. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's when you step into the airlock, uh, which is sealed, and hanging up on a rack, you can see two vac suits that are used for when you're out in space. Are they in good condition? Yeah, they're in pretty good condition, like they haven't really been used. Okay. All right, let's go and take both of these here. Castor, you don't need one of these, right? I do not need one, no. They're both pretty heavy. They're, they're heavy? About yeah, they're how, pretty bulky. Like, wearing them would impede your, like, dexterity. Okay. Well, I mean, let's just hold one for now, and we'll decide what to do with them later. We leave, I I guess, and... Sure. Cast, I got, I got one more thing to ask you. Yes. Um, Cast, so you're saying you, you save people, right? Um, you save all of us, if that's your duty. Yes, if if I were to allow a human to die through inaction, that would go against my programming. Right, but what if all of us are in danger? You gotta have a choice, right? There's a hierarchy. I believe then, yes, I, I would have to make a choice. And I'm assuming the captain's at the top. No, I'm not programmed to value the captain's life over yours. Why not? <laughs> because the captain did not make me. Okay, let's just assume it's me and Dr. Freya Locke. Right? <laughs> We're equally in danger. We're equally about to lose our lives. We're equal distance away from you. Who are you picking? I would have to be in that situation to decide. <laughs> I love that these conversations are becoming like, would you rather with an, uh, with an android? Like... Listen, would you rather eat peanut butter? Have you ever or... noticed that <laughs> Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you're in the moment, you make a different ex- uh, decision than you would expect? I as an android am still the same way. Whatever I answer to your hypothetical question doesn't necessarily mean that is what I would do. Right, it's just you got to have a little bit of training to kind of have that lack of hesitation you know what I mean sometimes when you're in fight or flight mode you just gotta go can't really waste time to compute that type of thing but I mean I would probably find some time to allocating your priorities to saving 
the captain. I feel like he's top priority here. He's the leader. Would you like me to prefer saving the captain over yourself in the future? I can log that preference. I was getting to that. So, like, you know, so like at the top, we got captain. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, and then, and then you go down a step. You know, you got a few choices here, you know. Maybe put the military <laughs> because <laughs> maybe me because you know we if we if we're not here to save everyone you know we do the saving too you know so you know you save us we save the entire we save everyone else and maybe below that the the scientists but then also if you don't mind just kind of just squeezing up Cass up there on the, on that on that tier as well and then Melanie's just just dead last. That's that's fine. Oh, how Melanie has fallen since the last episode when everybody said it's now our job to figure out how to keep her keep Jay from killing her. Rook, can I ask you something? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, sure. What's, what's... If I was equidistant from all other crew members, you would save me last, wouldn't you? <laughs> well. You know, I would have to be in that situation. But, uh, you know, I, I gotta be real with you. I, I think I think you would be last, Caster, because you're just numbers, you know? You do not view androids as life. Definitely not. No, I don't. Sorry. I mean, you are a very fancy hunk of metal, and you are as much as part of this team here as everyone else. But you don't have a heart. I mean, goddamn, if I'm gonna try to do my best to save you in any sort of circumstance. But in regards to other people, I gotta have to prioritize the people that uh are actually gonna have use with these credits once we're done here. As you say that you open the doors to the command center where Barry is dead. You can still see the creature lying on the ground. And yeah, what do you all want to look for in here? Just anything new? Otherwise we're just Keep on going. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be looking to see if how damaged the systems are. Like, you know, if the computers are okay, look functional enough that if we wanted to use them to take off, we could. Yeah. So while you're on the computer system, Rook, you're kind of scoping around the area and you find un- wedged under one of the consoles. It looks like it kind of got stuck there about where the piloting chair is, is a combat shotgun are there uh, rounds attached to it it is not fully loaded it has two shots left Mm. and it looks like it had been used and primed for another shot so so in total including the prime shot it's just two shots right 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 okay uh cast if you don't mind just kind of holding on to that for now i uh pick this little bad boy up yeah go ahead and do your thing here i'll just be Chilling off here to the side. Caster, you are looking through the computers trying to do like a diagnostics check on the engines. There is enough power that you all can continue to operate life support. You can continue to operate these computers the way they are now. However, during the wreck, one of the power cells in the engine room shorted out and you're not going to be able to take off. Would I know, like, how... You said one of the power cells. Is there a way to charge another power cell or, you know, 
repair a power cell that I would know. You do know that there are replacement cells, but they were mm-hmm. used to power the Haven. Got it. While this is happening, Dr. Locke, you're standing with Melanie, and George Asper comes into the room, and he's got some fatigues, standard fatigues. They're dusty and smell like they've just been in, they've been folded for almost a year and he he's already wearing a set and he says well I, I've found some clothes I hope they uh, they fit okay uh, I tried to guess sizes I was never very good at uh, buying clothes for people thank you Dr. Asper I was just telling Melanie it's important after the stasis that we move around so as you recall getting the blood flow back through our veins and arteries so yes. we don't have muscle spasms I've already started to have some problems with my grip uh, but walking seems to be helping yes is there a privacy screen in here it is a med bay I don't know sure okay. uh, Melanie why don't you go get dressed first um, I'm going to look for a surgical mask and gloves okay You start to go look at that, and you're kind of shuffling around through the drawers, and George Asper comes up behind you, and he says, Can I talk to you for a moment? Yes, yes. And I step away from the privacy screen. Have you had much time with Caster? No. Do you know much about androids? I mean, I've had some masons uh, help me around the lab. They're very useful. Before we woke up again, I was having uh, a chat with Caster. We were playing chess, and he said some things that seemed a little peculiar to me. Like what? Uh, he, he spoke of a father. But that... I don't think I've ever heard of a mason doing that, but would that be like referring to the person that made him or the That's first what he person said. that owned him? Okay. But he spoke about as though he had a life with this person. You were talking about how it's possible that we've had some amnesia. Yeah. Caster is the one who's in charge of us when we're in our sleep. Yeah. Is it possible that Caster could have done some things that may have caused this lapse in memory I can't I can't answer that I don't know if there's there's just unfortunately there's still I feel a lot more research that should be done on stasis milk and I mean it's been relatively useful and good um, without with very little problems, but uh, theoretically, I, I suppose something could get into the tanks. Um, yeah. So, what do you know about Caster? Like you said, you talked to him. Did are you just always polite with Masons, or did had you no. worked with him before? I have a very uncomfortable history with androids. Oh, like what? I seem to have uh, had a Mason unit at my uh, at my lab, and. According to the reports, this unit was malfunctioning, for lack of a better term. 
my child was visiting me. They had their dog with them. And this mason unit, for whatever reason, wanted to play fetch with the dog. My son was tired of throwing a ball, having the dog come back. But you know how dogs are. Once they do something once, they want to continue to do it again. Yes. And the mason unit picked up my son and threw him 60 feet through the air. My son was fine. Ultimately, a broken arm. Nothing that a cast couldn't heal. They said that there was some uh, confusion in the android's ability to discern objects from people. That, that sort of core programming, I mean, that's a pretty nasty malfunction. I, I don't really keep up with that sort of information. But now, I accept that this is a rare occurrence. Not normal. I happened to win the lottery of malfunctioning androids that year. But this one talks in a way that unsettles me. Jay, do I know where the uh, milk tanks would be kept on the ship? The milk tanks are in a hatch in the stasis room. Everything that gets drained out of the stasis pods goes into those tanks. So there's like a little hatch and a ladder that goes to where all these tanks are that connect to each pod. Okay. Why don't, once Melanie is um, dressed, why don't you two go find Caster and uh, Rook and uh, keep them occupied away from the stasis chamber? And I will check it out. Dear listener, I hope you're enjoying the show. I just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help Out of Depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now. For one, you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts. Getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now. So if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers, leave reviews, all of that would really help us out. If you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash get out of depth patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires my game prep notes and exclusive videos like a post-mortem q a with the analysis complete cast once this series finishes up gail and i have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience and if you want to see them come to fruition please head over to patreon.com slash get out of depth and become a patron today thank you so much for listening holy shit I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next.
You all have looked around. You found a couple of vac suits. At the very least, everybody has access to fatigues, so clothing. The vac suits offer a little bit more armor points if you're worried about that kind of mechanical advantage. They're just clunky, but they have three armor points, which means that if I were to do something, and who's to say I would, that would cause you damage, this vac suit would soak up three points of damage at which point it then becomes useless. So, I mean, it it soaks it up, but it, it gets shredded. Yeah. And when we were on tour, like, did we see that there's, like, vax, there's these suits at both airlocks? There's, like, two? Yeah, so four total. Yeah, four total, okay. Yeah. You now have a combat shotgun that has two rounds. And what else did you guys want to look for? I just want to give you guys... Did we, did we go to the engine room at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of coasting over yeah. it a little bit there's definitely a cell damage that got yeah. shorted out so yeah that that confirms the computer's right yeah but that cell damage seems to be the primary damage to the ship yeah there's uh the landing gear is uh, a little wrecked yeah. um but you don't need it to take off you just need it to land <laughs> and who knows if you if you get close enough to Earth, maybe somebody can come up and uh, just take you guys off the ship, put you on a different ship that has feet, right? That's a bridge that can be crossed if you ever get there. And it is a bridge far, far away, my friends. It is a bridge very far away. Dr. Freya Locke, you take a moment to excuse yourself to go check out these tanks the stasis milk tanks you go down the hatch you're doing this by yourself yes you go down there and it looks like the only systems that have been in use recently are the four pods that you all came out of the four being lock rook Asper and Melanie Devantes. Which is consistent that it was only, wait, but not Barry. There wasn't like a pod for Barry. Like no, there wasn't, like a... there wasn't a fifth one that was used, no. Oh. What was he doing? Kind of trying to look and see if the tanks looked tampered, like opened. I don't, I don't even know what kind of tanks they no. are. Gail doesn't anyway, um. They don't look tampered. They no, don't look like everything seems to be square. I also kind of look for markings on them. Yeah. What kind Particularly of markings? Particularly on mine. I'm markings that aren't on the others. Just numbers, code, anything. You're checking it out, and it doesn't seem to appear. It doesn't appear to be any different than anybody else's. Right. Did something that George Asper did something that George Asper say make you feel a little uncomfortable? Yeah. But a I've, little paranoid. I've, I've still had I've still had some suspicions about the milk. Is there a way I can get a sample? Like I would have brought like a tube. Yeah. To investigate. Okay, I would like to take a sample. Sure. You take a few ounces of bio repose. The proprietary branding of stasis milk. Um, 
And then I'm going to head to the command center. You go in there and up until now, you haven't seen a dead body. And you're seeing... I knew it, but I didn't expect You this. knew he was dead. <laughs> they even they described, described it. That's strawberry jam. So you're going to do a fear save, but you get advantage because <laughs> you knew it was coming. Oh, okay. Uh, Eleven. Hey, that's a critical success. <laughs> Which is a critical... Nice. I could have used that for success. something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you steal yourself to it and you're like, yep, we're... Nope, I'm not going to let this get to me right now. Go ahead and take a stress off. Okay. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Because I see this creature. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited, Jay. Oh my gosh, my beauty. Oh my gosh. And I kneel down next to it. And first, I will say, like, I do my due diligence to see, like, did this attack bury? Like, does it have stuff in its mouth? Evidence of a struggle? Yeah, you look at its teeth. Its teeth are visible. It's almost like a like an exoskeleton kind of flesh, but it's rubbery, mm-hmm. like whale skin. Yeah. And you can see uh, these gnarly teeth, like daggers. Mm-hmm. It's shaped kind of similar to a greyhound, thin, fast, Looks like it's built to move. And it has a long two-foot tail attached to it. It's segmented in shape. So it's not like a dog's tail that's just like one unit. It's segmented. About how thick? Maybe three inches in diameter. So pretty thick. Dogs are omnivores on Earth. Are there any... Does this look like an omnivore or a carnivore? Definitely a, a carnivore. Because it has jagged teeth. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have... But no mo- no molars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. And any blood, tissue, or... In the mouth? Yeah. Tissue. Yeah. Okay. Not only that, but you can also see its underside mm-hmm. is bleeding. And that, that blood has coagulated... And run its course. It looks like it's been shot. Is there anything else? Is it like a long nose? Stubby nose? Long. Long. Is there anything else like about its feet or anything different? I'm, I'm particularly noticing like this rubbery skin. It sounds like a harsh environment and almost yeah. sounds marine-like. Um, so I'm look, seeing like, is there any difference in like paddling feet or anything like that? Its feet are uh, claw-like talons. Is it male or female, or can I tell? Yeah, you need to make a roll oh. for that. Just check in the undercarriage. Oh. And you can add whatever uh, your exobiologist, all that stuff. Uh, it's an 80, and my exobiology is a 65. <laughs> yeah, you're rolling against a 65. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really tell. It's a little too foreign to you. Oh my gosh. Maybe if you were able to get it to a facility where you could open her up. You can learn a little bit more. Genitalia's like... It's in their mouth. That's what I was saying. It's in their mouths. <laughs> no, it's no reason to be on the underside. You I knew it. It has boobies on its head. It's the tail. That's what the segment is, guys. I got it. I got it. Alright. I want to name it. Um, so I um, 
I, I try to figure out something pretty gender neutral and go, I go with, uh, or no, actually not gender neutral at all. I'll call it Fido. 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 Well, I don't know how you got on here and got loose, but I'll have to figure out some way to preserve you for the way home. This is fantastic. Ah! <laughs> Cut back to where Caster and Rook are. What's the plan, guys? Hey, hey, Caster. Let's, uh, let's make our way back to the med bay. You wanna... I was just wondering, uh, you, 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 want, you want a race? Well, before we head back, would you mind if I wash off? I am still quite covered in berry. Yeah, sure. We can, we can wash up real quick. You need help with that? Why, yes. If you, if you wouldn't <laughs> mind helping. I mean, I, sure. You know, it wouldn't be my first time. Um, okay, sure. Let's just wash up real quick. I'll, I'll follow you wherever, you, wherever you're going. Give me the crowbar, just so that way you don't get it all rusty. All right, Caster, you make your way to the barracks where there's some washing facilities. And you're able to clean yourself off. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll turn this way. Oh, I'm not modest. You can watch. Look him right in the eyes. <laughs> Caster with these, the two, eyes. these two LED eyeballs just boring <laughs> right through you, Rook. Watch me while I clean. And I believe I, in this barracks I have like a little locker. I was gonna check that locker to see if uh, if my my book is still in there. The sun also rises in a little safari hat. Yeah, I will uh, take the book and I'll put it in my little compartment in my chest. When you open the compartment, you see a disc, like a floppy disc. Oh my! I don't remember this thing in here. I'll take it out and see if it's, like, labeled or anything. No, it's nondescript. It's black. Uh, I assume I can put this into any computer, and does each computer have a floppy disk? Yeah. Yeah, a little port. You, yeah. What's uh, what's that, Casty? What you got over there? I'm unsure, but... Uh, that, that was in your locker? Uh, this was actually in my chest. Oh. Caster, do you put this disk inside one of the computer terminals? I do. You put it inside, and you are accessing this, what is on it, and it is a file of everything that was discovered here at the planet, and it is to be transferred. This was the file that you were going to send. This was the file I was going to send when I was doing my... After. Oh, after. But it has all the information from, like, after day 11, basically? No, it has all the information from 1 through 11. Oh, okay. But that this was going to go to a computer terminal that was not Pantadyne Industries. Right. Oh, this seems to be a backup of the data that uh, we found on the computer. Like a physical copy? Like a physical copy, yes. I don't know why you need that. Uh, yeah. You know, a rook has always been my favorite piece in chess. Is that, is that why you chose it as a nickname? You know, it's funny. I've only played a few games of chess in my life. You know what I like most about a rook? A rook is the only piece that doesn't have to play by the normal rules of movement. 
Well, you may just go up and down, left, right, straight lines. Normally, yes. But it is the only piece in the game that can move in conjunction with another piece. It can castle and switch places with the king. And that's the only piece that does something like that. The only piece that, while it normally moves in a straight line, can sometimes break the rules. You tell me, uh, are you the king? Is the captain the king? I'm just admiring your nickname, Rook. You know, it's uh, the only reason why I had it here is because when I was fighting, I'm like a castle. I'm, I'm, I'm impenetrable. You know, I got good defense. Uh, you know, you're going to have to siege me for five rounds to even get a, a crack here at my jaw. Cast it. In, in all seriousness, you and me, we're, we're working together. You're the king. You're the king of the castle. I'm a rook. We're both survivors. So, you've all checked out some stuff. What is the plan? What do you want to do next? Because you can't lift this ship off. It can't go anywhere. So you're essentially stuck here. What's the next move for this group? One to take. I plan on taking like a blood sample from this creature. Yeah. And I do actually plan on taking both it and the um, stasis milk back to my lab to inspect before we leave. I'm tr- I'm kind of like staying apart from everybody yeah. and doing that on my own. I'm guessing that we are going to go. I would like to go back to the Haven. I'm okay with us going back to the Haven because I am actually hoping there's data there. Like I was yeah. seriously talking myself into the hope that the data couldn't get back to the ship. And but it's there, um, yeah. And so I I really want to go, but I I also want to get some answers to a few things. I'm interested in any diseases about this creature or any sort of abnormalities, and and it might be something that I have to take to the Haven. I'm not sure what kind of equipment is where, and then also want to see if there's any anomalies in the milk. Okay. Me and Cass are just going to head back to the med bay, meet up with everyone else. Uh, I have the we have the four vac suits. I'm going to just. Drop them onto the floor. <laughs> I got you all something pretty. Uh, I think it's best. I don't know if how you, how's that, how everyone feels, but I think we should uh, go to the Haven first. If something has been set up there, which in all likelihood there is, it'd be nice to have a home base outside of the ship here. Um, there's probably going to be other shit in there that's going to be more useful for us. Get you all outfitted. Um... Casta, do you know if the air outside, if we can breathe it, fine? We don't need the vac suit. It's just more of like a formality type of thing? That would be the case. Yes. We, we lived there for over 200 days. I, I, I believe the air is perfectly safe to, to breathe. All right. Good to know. Where's Dr. Locke? I'm, I'm You're all together. Put over a microscope. Oh. Yeah. Everybody's together trying to sort this plan out. Yeah. I think we got a full day of travel, I think, from, from what I saw on the map. Half a day. Half, Half a day. day to the Haven, yeah. Which would be about, like, eight hours or so, or, like... Um, more or less, yeah. Okay. Dr. Locke, do you have any input before... I mean, I kind of just want to beeline it over, but if you have any other things that's kind of pulling in your way, feel free. If we're not taking the back suits, I would suggest getting some surgical masks and some latex gloves before we touch anything or breathe any strange pollens or allergens or viruses in... To our bodies, um, but other than that, um, uh, yeah. Let me. I am just taking a look at um, a sample from that creature. Um, 
Do you think they set up a lab for you over in the Haven? Oh, yes. I, I had much. I probably had more equipment there. Right. I think it's best if we take all of the vac suits. I mean, me and Casta, maybe Aspa can carry one. Um, Melanie, I don't think you should really be carrying yours since you kind of, you know, rocked up. So, Do, Jade, was there some sort of rover, for lack of a better term? Something that we could actually... There was. There was an ATV that is not here. That is not here, okay. Oh, really nice to have that ATV right about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, let's take the back suits. It's your choice if you want to suit up or not. Otherwise, you can carry them. Um, I'm for sure going to be putting one on. Melanie, Asper, any any uh, desire to have one on? Asper says, yes, I think that would be wise. And Melanie right. concurs. We do got short-range comms on these things. I'm, I'm, uh, I think they're still up uh, in operation. So we can, you know have some distance, maybe scout it out, maybe we'll see one of our uh, comrades along the way. But, Dr. Log? Vexu? Yay, nay? It's quite yeah. fashionable. Yes. Oh, and, and Dr. Asper, I did grab something for you. And I open up my chest and I hand him the book. The sun also rises. Thank you, Castor. We talked before about you potentially reading it and letting me know if you remembered anything. Yes, I recall. Although now there's a question of, if you remember something, do you remember it from the stasis chamber, or do you remember it from the 200 days we lived on the planet? And his eyes kind of dart at Freylock, and then back to Castor. Another conundrum that I think we're all going to be working on today. Okay. Are we moving? I'm ready to go. Yeah. You all open the back end of the hull and exit the Belissa. Everybody's got these vac suits on, helmets. The amount of air that a vac suit holds into it is 12 hours worth of air. But you also know that this planet has air that you can breathe. So it's up to you whether or not you want to use that air for this walk or if you want to just turn it off and open up the vents and breathe the oxygen on this planet are, are is there extra oxygen tanks on the ship or would there have been on the haven probably yeah at the haven okay but we're getting to the point where it's like this is already heavy mm-hmm. carrying oxygen tanks maybe a lot no, 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 no just the supply is good to know about yeah um yeah yeah there would be oxygen tanks to the Haven because the Haven has to be built to okay. exist independently of the uh, of the Belissa. Before we head out here, just want to let you guys know, uh, we should have sort of a relay point. I don't want Day 9 to be happening again to any of us. If any of us gets lost, where would you like to reconvene? Here at the ship? Here at the Belissa? Yes. Could we get a readout like from our suit or anything? Like any sort of like ping or anything to anywhere? If we what have short-range comms, Ping like, what? A sort of a way to, like, compass-wise, like, anything, find the ship. The magnetic field here is a little weird. Oh, that's right. Speaking of which, yeah. as we te- put these on and test out comms, are those messed up enough? Uh, They seem okay when you guys are standing really close together. Yeah, they seem fine now. Okay. 
is the surface of the planet, is that kind of like a hard rock or is it like kind of like sandy? When you guys open up this hatch and look out, you see jagged rocks, canyons, and it is a combination of coarse sand and large porous boulders. The sky overhead has these wispy clouds that are getting blown over very quickly. The wind is pretty hard here. And the finer grains of sand are getting whipped about. You can hear this whistling sound as the air is flowing through this canyon. Oh, okay. I guess we'll just meet here at the Belissa. Hopefully you have enough supplies to last yourselves a while, but... Um, stay there for maybe two, three days, then we'll come by if, if we lose you. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll either be at the Haven or, you know, we'll just figure it out down the line. Cast before we go, I got my shoddy. Uh, you mind just giving your crowbar to whoever, whoever you feel like is going to be the most combat efficient here? Absolutely. Who would you like to give the crowbar to, Caster? I'm going to hand the crowbar to uh, Devantes. Devantes takes it, and you all start setting forth towards the Haven. The trek there is difficult, and getting your footing is sometimes very hard. But more than that, you all are experiencing another planet, some of you for the first time. The sky is blue just like Earth's. It feels familiar, but foreign at the same time. The wind is not so bad that it feels alien. It just seems like a bad day. The weather is cool, and if you're breathing the air, it seems almost violently clean air because you've never had anything this pure, devoid of industry, urbanization, This planet is practically virgin in every way. It's a long walk, but in the distance you can see the haven built like a shining beacon in this rocky, desolate environment. And for some of you, this may even seem blasphemous to see human-made structures standing on a planet that as far as you can tell, has never had anything like that built here. You get closer, and you can see that the door to the Haven is wide open. Are there any signs of a struggle or anything? Outside, you can see that there are tracks from where the Belissa used to be. You can see scorch marks where it took off. You investigate this area, and you can tell that there are more tracks leading up to the site where the Belissa was. They don't look like they were the same size as the ATV. But they, they're like vehicle tracks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like treads. But it doesn't match anything that we can think of on the cargo ship. No. In fact, if you point out to Rook, Rook would say, these look like tank treads. Nobody told me we were getting in a tank. Let me go ahead and turn on my, my short-range comms. This is uh, private... Ignacio of the Belissa trying to contact anyone here inside of the Haven looking for Captain Wakefield 
Cass Garland, Sergeant uh, Levi, over. This is uh, Private Ignacio of the Belissa. This is uh, trying to contact anyone here inside Ignacio of the Haven. Belissa. Looking for Captain Wakefield. Trying to contact Cass Garland, Sergeant of the Levi, Haven. over. For Captain Wakefield, Cass Garland, Sergeant uh, Levi, over. This is uh, Private Ignacio of the Belissa. And what you get back when your comm starts to receive information is this echo of your voice stating what you just stated. But it's garbled, it's staticky, and each echo deteriorates more and more. Gonna just turn it off the comms to kind of silence that noise? Yeah. Do we all hear that or just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it was getting broadcast to everybody. Yeah. All right, everybody, just go ahead and just turn off your comms. No need for having them on. Everyone... Good to kind of come inside here. I'm not sure what these tracks are, but they might have built something since we were here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Levi built something. I'm not too sure. Is it obviously bigger than the ATV? Like, would it be something that totally bigger? Only yeah. Rook might notice, or everybody? Would no, notice? everybody can see it. Yeah, once Caster kind of points it out, everybody can see it. It's large. On the comms. Uh. How would Sergeant Vi have made it something that big? Like, did you know about anything they were bringing? Any sort of vehicle? I don't believe so, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not really in charge of the whole vehicle part of things here. It's kind of up to oh, the that's Sarge. that's right. It was Barry. Oh, Barry, Perhaps yeah. it means that we're not alone on this planet. Well, maybe we just got a little bit of an upgrade. Who knows? Maybe some people <sighs> visited us, but I don't see no tank anyway. No. No. As you say that, George Asper collapses to the ground. He is writhing in pain. And you can see his face is contorted severely. Is he like seizing, like yeah. seizure? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Hey, okay, hey I... cast, cast it, do, do, do the thing. You. Um... Yeah, I'm going to rush over and try, try and help. I get his helmet off and... Um... Just try to keep his head steady in my lap and and just say nice, quiet things. Shh, shh, shh. Uh, Dr. Asper, are you okay? He's squirming in this violent fashion. Does he have a history of seizures? I feel like I would have. Not that you know of. Okay. I feel like I would have this information on crew members, um, like medical history. How far are we? Are, how far away are we from the entrance of the Haven right now? Twenty yards. Guys, I need to get him in. I will help to carry. Okay. Caster, who is built for carrying, lifts very easily George Asper off the ground and starts to quickly move him into the haven. The haven looks dark and dim. And when you come in, you can see there's an airlock. The airlock is wide open. You move past the airlock and you can see a facility where it looks like plants were planted. They have long since grown and died from lack of care. Dead brown leaves in a small, small greenhouse. As I begin to see this darkness, I'm going to go ahead and rush over to um, Asper's uh, headlamp on his vac suit and just yeah. turn that on and then turn mine on. Hey, everybody, headlamps on, yeah? When you turn on your headlamps, you can see that this room and the room beyond, tables, desks, are turned over, 
one of the computer terminals it looks completely fried as if some kind of explosion happened here okay okay let's let's um lay him down let me go see if i can find a, a med scanner or something as you go to pull away his hand grabs your arm George Asper grabs your arm, pulls you down tight. His hand is like a vice. George, you're hurting me. And for a moment, you feel like your wrist is about to snap. It is the kind of strength that you don't think is possible for a man of this wiry, almost scarecrow-like frame. And he pulls you in close and his eyes looking completely clear. He looks at you, and without his mouth moving, you hear him say, We cannot go back. And you hear this voice inside your head, and it ripples around, and everybody's lights on their helmets brighten at this intensity that is almost blinding before they all burst.